As Pastor Brad mentioned, this is the last house of prayer for 2023. Don't you love these Wednesday nights? I'll tell you what, I, I look forward to these Wednesday nights on the nights that I'm teaching, on the nights that I'm receiving. There is something about this atmosphere. There's something about the body of, body of Christ coming together, and there is a collective hunger here each and every week. And I can tell you, ma'am, that we've got some phenomenal plans for 2024. The only reason why it's suspended from now to the end of the year is because we are in full guns production mode and, and set building mode and everything else for the celebration of Christmas. And I'll be saying more about that in a couple of moments. Tonight, we're going to bring the series that we've been in, Power Not Power, to a conclusion. And uh, I have entitled this message uh, from a popular song, but I want to give a different spin on it. But I've entitled this message tonight, Waiting on the World to Change. And when I say waiting on the world to change, I'm not coming from the perspective or the position of something or someone that is in a static position or a stationary position, somebody that is withholding something because they're waiting that way, but waiting in the sense that you are serving someone. Not unlike a waiter in a restaurant and in that kind of setting where someone, a server, a waiter comes, and I want to use that tonight, just that thought about waiting on the world to change. And if you've been attending regularly, or even if it's been intermittently, we have been preaching this series from the book of Acts. Pastor Brad, a couple of weeks ago, preached out of Acts chapter 9. I want to kind of go back just a couple of chapters to Acts chapter 6. Read the first five verses. During those days, the number of Jesus' followers kept multiplying greatly. But a complaint was brought against those who spoke Aramaic by the Greek-speaking Jews, who felt their widows were being overlooked during the daily distribution of food. The twelve apostles called a meeting of all the believers and told them, it's not advantageous for us to be pulled away from the word of the Lord to wait on tables. We want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men. Make sure they are honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. That will enable us to give our full attention to prayer and to the preaching of God's word. And everyone in the church, this New Testament church, Love this idea, so they chose seven men. One of them was Stephen, who was known as a man full of faith and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So in this story, there are a group of widows that start to, it hasn't full, been fully blown into neglect, but they're starting to feel slightly overlooked, underserved, and it was threatening on the border of neglect. And the apostles recognized this was a serious problem. They identified the challenge, the need, and the opportunity. They just didn't turn a blind eye. They said, you know what? They're on their own. They're all grown ups. They can fend for themselves. No, they took this very seriously. And as they identified the need, they recognized they needed someone, as it says in verse 2 or 3, to wait on the tables. 
But it's interesting, in the very next verse, they said, we will give them the responsibility of the crucial ministry of serving. In no way were they minimizing the contribution of those men that they were about to select as something that was just going to be marginalized in the name of ministry. They recognized equally, hey, we know our assignment. We are to study the word and preach the word, but equally and vitally important to the work of God is that we make sure that this group of women who are without their husbands, and we don't know how many family, family members still remain alive, that is immaterial. They are our responsibility. We are the family of God, and we need to make sure that we find somebody that will take responsibility for this. And I love how it's worded here. Crucial ministry of serving. And sometimes we think, boy, here's how the, 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 the food chain looks like in the body of Christ as it's represented here on the earth. You got your preachers and your pastors and your evangelists, the guys with the mics, the guys behind the pulpit. And man, those are the guys, those are, those are the guys that are really, really, really leading the charge. And while preachers and pastors, not unlike myself and the rest of the pastoral staff, while we recognize we have responsibilities and giftings maybe in that particular area, equally and vitally important to the body of Christ are those that recognize the crucial ministry of serving. And if there are people within our congregation and within our community that go neglect it, doesn't matter how well you preach, doesn't matter how much you study, doesn't matter if you're a great orator or not, if people are neglected, we're not checking the box that God wants checked in the name of the Lord. Can somebody say amen? And I just, when I read it in this version, the crucial ministry of serving, and as we wrap up this series, it's power, not power. What's the power for? It's power to serve. It's power to understand there's a responsibility that if I don't step up and if I don't step out, if I am unwilling to serve, then all I'm doing is putting on a show while I'm praying for power. Why do we pray for power? It's to make a difference in the world. I love it how it says in the message paraphrase. It's one of my favorite verses in Romans 15.1. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just when it's most convenient. And I love this next phrase. When I read this years ago, the first time I read through the message, it rattled my cage then, it rattles my cage tonight because it says, strength is for service, not status. And I, hey, I am classical Pentecostal, born and bred and raised about it, and I want to have power, and you shall receive power, and you shall be my witnesses. But you know, one of the greatest ways we become a witness to this world of what God has done in our lives is when we begin to serve one another. And strength, it's not for status, it's for service. And I want you praying for power. Why do I want you praying for power? Why do we want you praying for power? Why do we, the staff of this church, why do we pray for power? It's because we understand the crucial ministry of serving. 
And it's not about a name, it's not about a title, it's not about a designation, it's not about grandstanding, it's not about showing off, it's, it's not about some exhibition, it's about getting in there and making a difference tangibly, holistically, to this world that we live in. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. In 1977, you know me and my dates, I'm always quoting dates. I was 13 years old, I was just starting to lift weights. My dad was really rugged, and he was a firefighter, and I was a real scrawny kid. And he bought me a, a, a weight set and a bench press. And one of the first books I bought was Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Education of a Bodybuilder. That was 46 years ago. Two weeks ago, I bought Arnold's newest book. I finished it this week. Arnold, and what his dad said to him as he was growing up, Arnold, be useful. So I finished it Monday night, but I highlighted, putting a rubber band around it, that on page 248, here's the, 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 here's the magical thing and the mysterious thing and the wonderful thing about serving. Here's Arnold writing this book, and on this page, and I'm not going to get into the weeds on this, but it, it rattled my cage when I finished it on Monday night. Arnold is talking about the helper's high. And I was unfamiliar with that term, quite honestly. By the way, that's the benefit of reading books. If you can read and don't read, you have no advantage over somebody who's illiterate. So you should always be reading the Word of God and have a reading list. So when I read this book over the last couple of weeks, Arnold is talking about giving back. Here's the Terminator, the Governator, I'll be back. But I've been reading about him for a long time, as I just said. And Arnold talks about it at the end of the book. He's like... Clinical psychologists and other experts in the field talk about the endorphins and, the, and, and, and how the release of Oxycontin in our lives as we begin to serve one another. And here, here's the thing. I, as we talk about Christmas, I hope you get high this Christmas. What do I mean by that? I don't mean, okay, Pastor Todd said, I'm going to get high. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you will step up and step out, you will experience, read the book for yourself, the helper's high. I've never heard that term in my 59 years until I finished this book this week. And here's the thing. Here's the wonderful thing. As we begin to serve people, and especially during our celebration of Christmas What's going to happen is that the people that are on the receiving end of our serving, they're going to get a benefit. But guess what? You're going to get a benefit as well. Because as you serve, you're going to experience the helper's high. We sing, I'll be home for Christmas. I want to sing, I'll be high for Christmas. Because you know where you're going to find me? Every night, I'm going to be up on that third floor. Because the Glendale campus is responsible for that entire floor. I'll be here and I'm going to be serving people, sitting people. And here's the thing. As they get to enjoy the show, there's going to be something happening within my own spirit. Why? Because there's a helper's high. Strength is for service, not for status. Can somebody say amen? So I'm almost done. I got four minutes. Four minutes. Celebration of Christmas. And, you know, sometimes I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm as cynical and skeptical as anybody else. And sometimes when people like myself stand behind this pulpit, 
and say it's going to be the biggest and the greatest, sometimes you want to say, is it really? And I'm telling you right here tonight, it really is. And the demand and the interest, it's unprecedented. We thought last year, how will we surpass last year in terms of the demand for tickets and people wanting to come and bring their families and friends and coworkers and classmates and enjoy this wonderful program, which is first class? Let me tell you what, we've surpassed it. We've blown it out of the water. That said, as Pastor Brad said, it takes a thousand people every night. Every night. From the ushers to the greeters to people assisting in media and decoration and lobby and atmosphere and selling hot chocolate and concession stands and working out and directing traffic and taking tickets and you name it. We need somebody who understands the crucial ministry of serving. And that the power that God has given us as God's people, that that strength and that power is to bless people, to serve people. It's not for status, it's for service. And I want you, in conclusion tonight, I want you to envision this sanctuary as if it was a grand banquet hall or a, 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 a grand ballroom and that every job that is assigned that we are going to be waiting on the world to change. And that as you take tickets, as you serve in the parking lot, as you are working in the concession stands, as you are one of the hundred, we need hundreds of ushers every night that are responsible for all of the sections. We have a whole crew up there. We started recruiting last weekend at Glendale. But I want you to see every one of those roles as if you are setting this magnificent table you're just not out and throwing it together and it's self-serve and it's cafeteria style. But as you usher people in, as you serve people, as you assist people, as you use the strength that God has given you for service, that you are putting together a magnificent display. So that, you got to hear me, so that when Pastor Luke concludes each night with a salvation appeal that the Holy Spirit himself is saying to all of the thousands of people that will be here each and every night, dinner is served. Destiny is served. Eternity is served. And every usher, every greeter, every parking lot attendant, Every media person, everyone who's working on atmosphere, and there's so many different jobs, but you're taking the time, you're investing your time and energy, and you recognize it's not good enough, is not good enough. I'm going to set the table how I'm going to serve people with excellence. And when Pastor Luke, as God's representative, gives that altar, altar call that night and dinner is served, hundreds and even thousands of hands all over this room 
are going to go up. Two weeks ago, Brad preached a phenomenal message about long shots. Who's your long shot? And the question also needs to be asked, who might be here that night that might be a mother or father's long shot from the East Coast, back on Jersey Shore, and their son and daughter moved out to Phoenix, but in moving to Phoenix, they've pulled the prodigal, and they're far from God. But somebody, somebody has invited them, and they come in that night, and they are that mother or father's long shot, and because we believe God is in this, and we've set the table with magnificence and grace, when dinner is served, somebody's eternity is going to be changed. Can somebody say amen? I'm going to ask Pastor Brad and Brooke uh, if they will join me on stage and they're going to provide some instructions. This came across my Instagram the other day and I just want to read this. Well done, my good and faithful. And then it goes through this litany list of things that many times that we identify, but at the end of the day, what God is looking for, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Strength is for service, not for status. Last thing I want to do, I just want to take a quick poll right here. If you have already signed up for some area of service during our COC uh, celebration, it could be for one night, it could be for all of the nights, it could be intermittent, it could be the first night and the last, doesn't matter, I'm not gonna qualify it, but you have signed up and you are prepared to serve in some way. Would you stand to your feet right now? I just wanna kinda get a read of the room. So I'm gonna say about 30% of the people here tonight, and I think that's awesome, because that tells me we have a phenomenal opportunity tonight to get to our 1,000 people. Strength is for service, not for status. God bless you.